Hello and welcome to the Best Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your co I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host at Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? Sob. How are we doing? Pretty good. Are you good. ready to talk about stacks and running backs and all things fantasy? Fantasy philosophies. Yeah, we couldn't get the rights to the X Files music. So nope. we have that. Nope. I tried. I tried. I really gave it my best effort. I really did. I think you did. I agree. I really, really, really did. Um, how so? How was your viewing experience of the uh, of the games this weekend? You know, I've gotten tired of people saying that NFL games are fixed. It's kind of gotten old for me. It's gotten to uh, boy who cried wolf levels, where. If you keep saying that games are um, fixed and, you know, rigged, so to speak, it gets less and less believable as time goes on. Or I, people take it less and less seriously because it seems like every time that there are bad calls, people are like, oh, the fix is in. The NFL got their Super Bowl or got their matchup. Yada, yada, yada. Yes, Bird. I was one of those people. I don't know. I mean, the third okay. down situation. You was cannot deny the the Eagles Niners game was what it was, and we all knew it was over when Brock Purdy went out. But the Bengals Chiefs game, right? You're going to sit here and tell me with a straight face that the officiating was rock solid. Oh no, I won't You're say sit that. Here and tell me that the officiating was. At best, questionable. Oh, listen. There's a difference between there. There's a there's a principle. I don't know if you've heard of it called Occam. Hold on, one second. I'm gonna make sure I get this right. My guy is trying is trying to make a is trying to make a uh, smart person point. And the, again, here we go. Here we go. It's the return. It's the return of one percenter Adam. Here we go. He hasn't made an appearance in a long time. This is what he does, people. He tries to use big words, big vocabulary, smart people ideals to try and prove a point. Meanwhile, I, man of the people, of course, man of the common folk, am sitting here trying to have a casual conversation about the state of officiating Fine. in the National Football League, and Adam is here trying to use his smart people brain powers to come up with a with a rebuttal that no one is going to understand because Adam's a member of the one percent and cannot relate to the other ninety nine percenters, the people that are below him. Because of course he is a radio professional who has multiple degrees and is an award winning journalist from Hofstra University. Did I miss anything? I hate it when you put words in my mouth. I've never said any of those things. Did I miss anything? Well, I will say. Sure. So it's not necessarily the one that I was thinking of. Okay. Um, the one that I was thinking, the thing that I was, the saying that I was thinking of is don't attribute to uh, maliciousness what you can attribute to incompetence. Sure. Uh, Right. But Occam's razor is uh, the simplest explanation is usually the best one or usually the correct, the, yeah, usually the, the best one, but um, yeah, 
I think okay, fabulous. You're bo- you're boring me. Uh, next, no, next, next I, point. You're gonna sit here and you're going to say to me to my face that that game was properly and adequately officiated. Once again, not what I'm saying. I'm not saying. So there's a difference between a game where the referees are terrible, and there's a difference between the game to a game that was manipulated for a, a specific result. I think that this game is the former. Okay. By, by rebuttal to your rebuttal. Yes. You're going to sit here and say that game was properly officiated where no side was clearly benefiting from the calls the officials were making. Well, okay. Inherently, a team benefits from a call from calls officials make. That's just the way the penalties work. The Chiefs were getting all the calls. I know. They were getting all the calls. That that uh, unnecessary roughness at the end is an absolute disgrace. Are you kidding? He that was out an, of bounds. That is an absolute disgrace. He was out of bounds. Barely touched him. him. Barely touched him. And the Bengals defender should have known that any sort of close contact, Mahomes was going to go down. I'm not blaming Mahomes for going down. I would have done the same thing. Well, I also, like I think in that situation, I am going down. I am getting my kicker as close as possible to kick the winner to send my team to the Super Bowl. However, it's not a flag. He barely touched him. He barely touched him. <laughs> well, you know, the Premier League, same- he's getting a yellow card for diving. This exact same thing happened to Geno Smith in 2013. Um, I'm sure Jake remembers this game because Jake remembers everything. Um, Jets, bu- Jets, Bucks in week one of 2013. Do you remember that game? Yeah, but there's a big difference between Jets, Bucks in week one no, versus the no. AFC Championship. I'm and there is a monster difference between Geno Smith and Patrick Mahomes, the golden boy, the golden child. Okay. Counterpoint. Sure. Counterpoint. Sure. He was going out of bounds, one, already. Yeah. And, I mean, I guess to play devil's advocate, guys like Patrick Mahomes and your boy Josh Allen like to fake going to the sideline all the time, which is a dick move. So I kind of get, I guess, why you hit him out of bounds or hit him into out of bounds. But um, I'm, you just, I don't know. It's a heat of the moment thing. You feel bad for the player. And I, I did, and I feel bad that, you know, he had to have his misery portrayed on national television like that, because that's the worst feeling in the world. But Example number it's two. Still a penalty. It's still a penalty. Example number two. The Chiefs get a free play. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that was weird. No, that, that, that's the fix. That's the fix being That's in. not the fix. Okay. That's number two. Number three. I counted four times. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, four times that there was a clear, a clear roughing the passer on my guy, old blue eyes Joe Burrow, that the referees did not call. You just wanted to be consistent. That's all. And it was far from it. Mahomes got touched. There would be five flags all over the field. Burrow gets slammed down to the ground. Nothing. It was a joke. It was a joke. I, I, who was the referee for that game? That was Ron Torbert, I believe. I think it was. He should lose his referee's license. 
That was an absolute disgrace. It was not, it was not a great, it is a horrible year for officiating. And I feel like we've been saying this for the past three years. Terrible. Or four years. Absolutely it's been a horrible, year. horrible year for officiating. I don't even know. Do we know who got who got the uh the post for the Super Bowl? Uh I don't think I don't know yet. I don't know. If I mean we it might have. Oh, but we I did. Yes, we, we did. did. Who is yep. it? Carl Sheffers. He's a good ref. He's a good ref. Well, I think here's the thing with um, match fixing conspiracies. Do Do you know how many people need to not say anything for large conspiracy conspiracies like that to go on and stuff like that? It's just it's so hard to keep that stuff shut. When trades leak to the media so easily. Expansion draft picks in the NHL leak to the media so easily. If there's a, a league-wide conspiracy to key, to get Patrick Mahomes into the Super Bowl, I don't know how it hasn't come out yet. I don't know how somebody hasn't talked to some to a journalist about it. That game was an absolute disgrace. It really was. There, it was an absolute there, disgrace. There's a difference between saying that a game was officiated poorly and saying that a game was deliberately manipulated to help another team. And I think those two could be slightly intertwined. There is a gray area between those two things. Sure, there is a gray area, but there are also things that link the two things. I don't know. I got one. I got one more for you, my guy. We can, we can move on to the, the main point of the uh, of of this show. Two words: Tim Donahue. Tim Donaghy. Donaghy. There we go. Yeah, Tim Donaghy. He wasn't even refing that game either. He wasn't refing no. um, Lakers Kings. No, in two thousand two. No, but you don't know what you don't know what he was doing beforehand. I'm sure. I'm sure if you if you go back and you look, I'm sure you're going to find some discrepancies in his calls. Well, no, I know. I mean, and there's gee, a whole thing. I wonder about why. It. Yeah, well, you know, there's some current referees in the NBA who I wouldn't be surprised. Um, who and the who, National Football League? It's just specifically one off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm not going to mention any may, names. Not going to mention any he, names. He may or may not be refereeing right now as we're recording this. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. But yeah, I, I just lose all, all, all meaning. It's all conjecture. Yeah, it's all conjecture, but also it loses all meaning when you just keep accusing people of fixing games after every call doesn't go your way. But no calls but the Bengals' way. Not one. Okay. Once again. The game, whether you want to say it was fixed or not, I'm not I'm not coming on here and saying, oh yeah, absolutely 100 percent rigged. I'm not. But was the game slanted towards the Chiefs? Absolutely, yes. The Bengals could not win that game when it was 12 v 11. No way. Well, absolutely also, I mean, no way. Think about you know what? Never mind. We're not going to get into this. This is not the. That's not this kind of podcast. It's not that kind of podcast. We're not getting into this right it now. It could be. We could be. We could be here for about two hours debating this. Let's not. Um. 
let's get into stacks though between and you know for the uninitiated because as you say we do get a lot of new listeners heading into the new fantasy football season want to get into the sport want to get into the game um they listen to either our podcast or other podcasts they want to get into it they want to know the terminology um so a stack is basically you have the quarterback and the wide receiver one on a team on your team they're on the same team that's it small correction doesn't have to be a wide receiver one doesn't have to be a wide receiver it could be anything it, it could, could be, be a running back or it a could tight be a QB end. QB in a running back, QB in a tight end, QB in a wide receiver too. It, it could it could be anything, um, but most commonly, yes, most commonly it is a QB in a wide receiver one. But it, it could be anything that you want it to be. Yes, and so some of the more notable stacks. I know if you are here, if you've been here long enough to be in the co to have listened to the co-own league and follow the exploits of our co-own league we had the uh justin herbert keenan allen stack which was fun for yeah, a, it's a very popular one yep um joe burrow and jamar chase josh allen and stefan diggs uh tom brady and mike evans was good until this past year yeah and we'll we'll get into some of the more uh the more popular stacks and the ones that you could easily obtain which ones are going to be harder to obtain but there's just a, just just definitely a few examples. Yep. So, why like, what's the benefit? Other like one benefit for me is it makes it easier to kind of root for. It makes it easier for as far as rooting interests, because like, you know, you, yeah, you're not playing like you're no, you don't have Jamar Chase on your team, and then you're going up against Joe Burrow, and you're like, yeah, ah, oh, fuck. Like when he scores a touchdown or something, he's like, yeah, Jamar Chase scored. But then that means also that Joe Burrow threw a touchdown. So you have all, you have all those points together, especially the more, the more popular stacks are of high powered offenses. So you're getting almost all those touchdowns. A lot of those touchdowns, a high percentage of those touchdowns are going to your fantasy team. Yeah. And you, you, you kind of answered uh, part of the question as to why it's so popular and why you always hear about, uh, fantasy players wanting to try and secure stacks on their teams because it also takes away. It takes away other managers that are in your leagues that your opponents from having your top target that, you know, your quarterback is going to be throwing to. So like, for example, um, we'll just use the Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar chase example. We, we, we use that one or, or you know what? No, we'll use, We'll use Jalen Hurts and no, actually no. We'll use we'll use Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase. So you know Joe Burrow, odds are, is going to be throwing the ball a significant amount to Jamar Chase. You 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 know that. And Jamar Chase, even though he missed, I believe it was four games on the season. Yeah, he missed four games, uh, including the bye in Week Ten. He still managed to catch eighty-seven balls and have nine touchdowns. So you know right there, it's nine touchdowns that you're having on your team, nine touchdowns that are also not going to somebody else's team, courtesy of your quarterback. So you're getting double those points. You're getting the points for the receiver catching the touchdown. You're getting points for the quarterback throwing the touchdown. Now, the stack, the stack I think, is more beneficial in a six-point passing touchdown versus in four. 
Um, but I know a lot of people, I'm in so many leagues that are in four point per passing touchdown. A lot of people love doing the stacks, um, where I find it to be more beneficial in six, but that just comes down to, to, to preference more than, more than anything else. I have no problem with people who decide in, in four point. Well, six would definitely be with... double would actually be double passing touchdowns or double oh, touchdowns right. as right. opposed to in four points per passing touchdown leagues where it'd only be. Uh, one and two thirds. Right, right. But I think the thing with Joe Burrow too is, and why I kind of think that stack necessarily isn't highly coveted. It is, but it's not. It is because obviously it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And those two, that that's one of the best QB wide receiver duos in football. And you know that Jamar Chase is going to be getting the ball more times than not. I believe he had 130-something targets this year. I believe 134, I think, is the number off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Um, but then you also have other guys in the offense that are going to be going for significant significant value in dress, namely T. Higgins, namely Joe Mixon. Those guys are going to get a significant amount of work as well in the passing game. Joe Mixon, I believe, it's 70, 72 targets, 74, 75. So that's like why that. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams was such a – an amazing stack because right. right. Because you knew, which is, that, I think what you were getting into probably. Yes. yes. It's, it's exactly where I was going is you want the guys that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, they're going to lead their team in targets by a significant amount. Like Jamar chase, even though he missed the four games, he had 134 targets. T Higgins had 109 targets. Like that's pretty close, but then, you know, let's have a look now at the Bills, right? With Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Not a real, um, not a real realistic stack to kind of get because they're both going in the same range of each other. Diggs is going in round two. Josh Allen is going in round three. So, hey, so we talked about in the zero, uh, zero RB show. If you're loading up a wide receiver, get your elite quarterback. Boom. You can get the Diggs Allen stack done done fantastic you live in the dream but i mean a more realistic stack could be like dak and cd lamb sure you can sure yeah yeah that that that's a super realistic one super obtainable but josh allen and, and stefan diggs stefan diggs had 154 targets the next closest was gabe davis at 93 you look at um i'm just trying to think of some other ones okay well let's let's look at one that i know people could have gotten just based on going to waiver wire. Let's look at Detroit. Look at Amon Ross St. Brown and Jared Goff. That was a, a super stack because you were able to get Amon Ross St. Brown in the fourth or fifth round, but Jared Goff was going for free. And that was a stack that at the end of the day, it cost you basically nothing to get those kind of pieces. Amon Ross St. Brown, 146 targets, the next closest on the entire team, if I can get the all offensive players up and I sort this by targets, next closest on the team was DeAndre Swift with 70. In the wide receiver department, next closest was 64 with Khalif Raymond. That is a huge, huge, huge split. So you want to be able, if you're going for the stacks, the stacks that I always prefer, yes, you can go for those high-powered stacks like Burrow and Chase, but... Even like, look, let's just look at the Mahomes-Kelsey stack because that's one that everybody looks towards every single year is 
is there a way that I could have this stack on a team? Travis Kelsey had 152 targets this year. Next closest was Juju Smith-Schuster with 101. That is a sizable amount. A sizable amount. So what I'm kind of saying here is you, you stacks are nice, but you want to go out and you want to find the right stack. And the way you find that right stack is finding that guy that you know what 100% is going to be the alpha. Now, going back to the Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase point before I let you go, Adam, because I know you're chomping at the bit. If T. Higgins is dealt in the offseason, then we have a conversation about that Burrow Chase stack. Then we have a real conversation because that could be really, really nice. But then another stack that I was look that I was looking at literally today, just kind of trying to see, you know, what was going on there. A stack that really didn't provide too many dividends for you if you had it was the Jalen Hurts AJ Brown stack. Because even though A.J. Brown had 145 targets, Devontae Smith had 95 catches. A.J. Brown only had 88. Devontae Smith had 136 targets this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that isn't really a stack that paid off. Like A.J. Brown had 11 touchdowns, almost 1,500 yards. Awesome. But you still were going up at times against Devonta Smith where Jalen Hurts was throwing touchdowns to Devonta Smith and you were saying, ah, shit. There's Devonta Smith catching a touchdown, not my A.J. Brown. So that's kind of it. Adam, I've rambled on and on for too long. Go ahead. You're chopping at the bit. Go. Well, I was going to say there are other stacks where I feel like you haven't talked about this, where it doesn't have to be like an elite elite quarterback. Like you said, with you know Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson as a great example of that. Sure. I didn't even touch on them. That, that's that's another great, that's another fantastic example where Justin Jefferson had 184 targets. I mean, that that's just that's just stupid. But it could I be believe a little that bit was the different. most in the league, too. Yeah, it was most in the league. Next closest, next closest was Devontae Adams by four. Yeah. And I mean it's it's one of those things where it's uh it could be interesting heading into this upcoming year because of uh, TJ Hawkinson if he comes back. Oh, yeah, he'll be back well. there. He'll yeah. be back there. I believe they have a they have the fifth year option on him, so yeah, he'll be back there. Yeah, but I think that's I don't know. It's a fine line between going for the the stack where it's a it's target. You have a, a crazy target share, but also you want a stack with on a, in a high powered offense. Because I mean, look at like you know Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk as an example of that. You know they're not as high powered as. Cousins and Jefferson, but Christian Kirk has a pretty high target share um, relative to his offense compared you, to uh, others. Others, you would you would think that, but Zay <laughs> Jones did have 121 targets, so that's another great example really? of of guys. Yeah, those exa- another example. And and Evan Ingram too had 98 targets. He was just he was just shy of that. So. Even though Christian Kirk was the alpha, 133 targets on that, you still had Zay Jones and Everett Ingram that that definitely uh, feasts into that. It definitely spread the ball around uh, quite evenly. But Christian Kirk was the only guy in that team that over over a thousand yards receiving. So, your point, your point is your, the, the basics of your point is is correct, though. Yes, 
Um, you, do, you do want to go and find those elite quarterback options in those elite offenses where you know there is a there's a chance that quarterback is responsible for that team putting up 30 points a week. And you're not going to find too many of those. It's those Jalen Hurts, Tights, Mahomes, um, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. Um, am I missing anybody, Adam? Um, well, I mean, Kirk Cousins, I guess. He's not an elite quarterback, but like, well, the first part of my point was you don't need an elite quarterback for your stack to work. You don't. You need a high-powered offense. Yeah, you need you need a high-powered offense, but you you can have both the that elite quarterback and that elite option. Yeah, it makes it makes that stack a, a whole lot prettier. Like if you're if you're somehow able to finesse it where you're able to pair a Josh Allen with Stefan Diggs, I'll use that one again. Like that's that's a game changer. Well, what about, you know, if the if this if the stars align this way, Tom Brady and George Kittle. That's yeah. That's a ridiculous stack. If that actually happens. And that that actually might be pretty obtainable. Yeah. I mean, you I mean, might have was... to spend you might have to spend extra on Kittle, but I I I don't really see if Brady goes like let's just say Brady goes to the either the Niners or the Raiders, right? And it's Brady Adams, Brady Kittle. Do you really see Brady getting past seventh round valuation? Like, do you really see Brady going round seven or higher? I don't. I really no, don't. Because it'll be, I mean, aside from the years in Tampa, if he goes and, ha- and gets Devontae Adams, it'll be his best receiver since Randy Moss. Without a doubt. But we also got to remember Tom Brady is in his 40s. I know. He doesn't, pres- he doesn't possess that that mobility that other quarterbacks in that range do like we're going to be comparing at that stage. We're going to be looking at guys like Tom Brady or Justin Herbert. I'm taking Justin Herbert all day long. Yeah. Whether Brady is in San Francisco or Las Vegas or wherever the hell he ends up, I'm still going to take Justin Herbert over, over Brady. Like even if he goes to one of those spots, I think San Francisco would be the better spot for him personally. I don't think he goes there, but that's just my own uh, sense. There isn't a team out there that really says to me that Brady is worth spending a pick on him as a top eight quarterback. There just isn't. Yeah. No, I see that. Like, but I was just okay. saying that as an example. But now let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Old faces and new places, right? Let's say Brady is on the Raiders and Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets. Would you rather take a chance on Brady or Rodgers? I think it's very easy. If I'm not a Jets fan, even if I'm not a Jets fan, I still, I mean, what Aaron Rodgers can do with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall is just, it's amazing to me. I think I take, I take Rogers. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'd, I would rather have Rogers in that situation. Well, Same Rogers thing. Rogers is also younger and he is more mobile than Tom sure. Brady is. Sure. What about if, if Lamar Jackson goes to Atlanta, let's just say, would you rather Lamar in Atlanta or Tom Brady in Las Vegas? I've learned my lesson. I will take Lamar Jackson. Lamar. He's rushing quarterback. Lamar. Here's an interesting one. 
Say Kyler, say Kyler Murray misses the first four weeks. Kyler or Tom Brady? I think I'd take, oh, this is gonna, this is physically painful for me to say, but I will take Tom Brady. Okay. I'm not sure where I where I I am on that one. I still think I'd take Kyler. Is Hopkins still there in this scenario? No. Yeah, then it's definitely Brady. I still think I'd take Kyler. I still think I'd take Kyler. You find a quarterback that you could work with for four weeks, and you just know you have Kyler when he's uh, when he's back. Kyler but, with no Hopkins? He still has Hollywood. Yeah, but I don't know. He'll have Hollywood. He'll have Zach Ertz. I, 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 I kind of think the whole Kyler without Hopkins thing is a little bit overblown, to be honest. Also, I, I think Kyler's just, I think Kyler's, I am not a Kyler Murray guy, but I think Kyler gets a lot of unnecessary stick. And I think Kyler's a lot better than people give him credit for. I well, listen, I would, I would take Kyler on the Jets in a million, in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. There, there are definitely 20 teams in the league that would rather have Kyler Murray over their starting quarterbacks. A hundred percent. Yeah. Both te- both teams in the New York metropolitan area, by the way. I agree. 100%. Yep. And I, right. I, honestly, hand over my heart, hand to God, I probably would take Kyler over Dak. <laughs> I probably that's, would. That's crazy. All, all recent feelings aside about Dak, I actually think I would. I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. It's a tricky one. It, it, it No doubt is it a tricky one. I think yeah. I would. All right. Before we get into the running backs, you want to talk about the the recent news about the head coaches? Uh sure. But the what the one thing that I want to um just want to close the this whole stack conversation with is I want to say this. If you're in a draft and you see there's a theme going on where guys are targeting stacks and you feel that you are absolutely 100 percent obligated to go and find a stack. Don't do it. Don't force the stack because you see everybody else getting one. A stack is not necessary for you to win a championship. It's not. It it's just, fun. It's more, it's more aesthetically pleasing more than anything else. It looks nice. It looks cool also, to have. You, it's, it easy looks, to root, it's easy for you to root for on easy, Sunday. Yeah, easy for you to root for, but at the same time, it isn't the easiest to pull off. So, and and I guess that this is kind of a downside of the stack too. Is say your team is a bad week. Say say one of those high powered offenses is a bad week. Say you have Mahomes and Kelsey, and Mahomes only passes for two fifty and a touchdown, and Kelsey only has five catches for sixty yards. You're getting dogged in two spots. That's so. True. So that's the downside of of the whole stacking thing, where if you don't have the stack, you have equal opportunity for your quarterback to have a good week, and maybe your tight end has a, has a down week. But I guess the whole the whole stacking thing, and my whole point that I'm trying to make is, don't, also, it's kind of crazy for bye weeks as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But don't feel so obliged to live and die by stacking, because yeah. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Like I had a league this year. I had the Herbert and Eckler stack. That was fun. 
That was a great time. A great time. I ended up I ended up winning that league too. That was a great time. I love that. I mean, we we had a great time with the Herbert Allen stack. It was great. I I had the Herbert Allen stack too this year, and that really uh, did not help me. Thank you, Keenan Allen. But well, I think also you have to kind of like like everything in fantasy football. It's a balance between do you want the stack, and then your your advice that you uh, give every almost every year is like don't get too many players in one from one place. Like whenever right, we do that's, that's another thing too is if you're if you're dead set like if you're gonna if you're going to say with the Chargers right if you're dead set in a draft you're saying okay I'm going out of my way to make sure I get Keenan Allen and Justin Herbert and you have a two pick right you're sitting there number two overall you can't take Austin Eckler you can't unless you're abandoning. That stack idea, you cannot go Herbert, Eckler, Allen. That's too much. That's too much of one team because you're basically putting your fantasy fate in the hands of the Los Angeles Chargers. And Brandon Saley, which sounds like a horrible, horrible idea. Horrifying. And and, and now Kellen Moore. Terrible. Uh, brutal idea. I would right. not do that. Noted but left-handed I, guy, Kellen Moore. Love Kellen I, Moore. I, I tell you, there's one less Boise State Bronco in Dallas. I don't know how Jerry is functioning. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I don't know what Jerry is doing with himself. He must be distraught. Maybe the new OC is going to be from Boise State. Who knows? Um, but that's kind of the whole stacking situation. Is y- you have a choice of how you want to do it. Stacking is very flexible. It's very fun, but it also ties you down. It, it definitely does. And I know there was a stack coming into the year in, in my keeper league, actually, that I had where I had Lamar Jackson. I had Rashad Bateman. That stack yeah. I got rid of and broke up in about four weeks. Yeah, that was not good. No, definitely not. That's just an example of stacks that don't necessarily work out. Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, that stack paid off at the end. But during the season, it was a complete abomination because Keenan Allen didn't play and you were stuck with Justin Herbert who was playing with a left torn labrum and probably a few cracked ribs that we haven't heard about yet so well what about all you, all those people uh coming off the Super Bowl hype who were like I'm gonna get Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup that's oh, gonna be yeah. my oh stack. my god yeah <laughs> oh my god I completely forgot about them yeah absolutely absolutely so you know the stack cuts both ways. Oh my god, I completely forgot the Rams even existed. That's crazy. But you're hundred percent right. They're owned by Stan Kroenke. How could you forget? Listen, there's only one Stan Kroenke team I give a fuck about. I know you're a big Avalanche fan. I'm aware. Fuck you. <laughs> Up the Arsenal. I, I, I know. I'm sorry. It's a the Avalanche are run by Josh Kroenke. No, the the Avs are run by Stan. I thought it was. I thought Josh runs the Avs and the Nuggets. Nope. Josh oh. runs Josh runs the Nuggets and Arsenal. Stan runs oh. the Avs and the Rams. Interesting. Yes. I would know. I, I, I'm I'm my uncle. My uncle Stan is a very busy man. Yes, of course. Great guy. Great guy. I love him. All right. Well, um, coaching hires. Yes. So starting off with the big one. Sean Payton going to Denver. 
Who would have thought? Who would have seen this coming? I kind of did, but I'm shocked. No, honestly. I'm being sarcastic. I also honestly. saw this coming. I'm. I'm why not wait one more year? Why? The only thing that I can think of here is that the Broncos did promise Sean Payton some sort of organizational control, some sort of player personnel set. That's the only thing that I can think of. Because I would think, A, there definitely would be a better job next year. Like, the Dallas job could open up. The Chargers job can open up. The Raiders job can open up. The Jets job can open up, depending. Hell yeah. The Jets job could have opened up for sure. Absolutely. There were so many, there could have been so many better opportunities out there for him. Well, I think he probably thinks that he could fix Russell Wilson. I I guess. I guess. But I, I, I will say, though, Russell Wilson definitely did look better after Nathaniel Hackett was gone. I, I will say that. Like, and I think everyone here knows that I think Russell Wilson is the biggest fraud that there is. I've been on record about that. I know. Well, I know. He did look better without Nathaniel Hackett. He did. He did. There was more mobility. Russell Wilson was taking more chances with his legs, opening things up, was not restricted to being pocket passer Russell Wilson which we have seen not work time and time and time again. Thank you, Malcolm Butler. Thank God for you, Malcolm Butler. Um, oh, fuck you, Mal- Malcolm Butler. Great guy. I love him endlessly. Um, but I think Sean Payton's going to come in and he's going to do some, some good things. I'm very curious to see what kind of staff he puts together. Because, I mean, it was going to be Vic Fangio, who was going to be a defensive coordinator. But Vic Fangio was literally hired, I think, three days ago. Well, I think actually... Don't. I think they might be negotiating to try and lure him away from Miami again. Like, I don't know if he signed a contract or something like that. Let me have a check. Let me have a check on this. I, I did not. Oh, yeah. Yep. That is. That is correct. I did not see this. And he's still be he's still being courted by the 49ers as well. So that is. That is not. A hundred percent guaranteed that Vic Fangio is a shoe in to go to uh, Miami or Denver or anywhere for that matter. Um, but it all comes down to Russell Wilson and and, and what Sean Payton is gonna is gonna do there. Um, I'm so far off of the whole Denver Broncos thing. I still want no part of it, um, and I'm just really afraid that Sean Payton going there is gonna make the prices of Sutton, Judy, Javante Williams, Russell go crazy. And I say oh, like crazy. La- you mean I like last year? Relatively. When they traded for Russell Wilson and everybody was like, I am afraid Sutton and Judy in the four, in like the fifth round. I am afraid that Russell Wilson now is going to be in the range of being a high end QB two, And I want no part of that. I want no part of that. Like right now, right now, Russell before. Wilson is my QB 19. I haven't moved him at all. I don't really think I have plans to. I'm not really going to make any moves, concrete moves until after free agency. Like I want to see what really happens first before I'm going, you know, buck wild with the ranks. Um, but even then, like 
if I look at the, the higher end options, like the higher end QB two options, I wouldn't put him over Kirk Cousins. I wouldn't put him, put him above Daniel Jones. I wouldn't put him above Tua. I wouldn't put him above Dak. I wouldn't put him above Deshaun. Yeah, no, I see that. I just, I, I would not do it. So unless, unless proven otherwise, unless there is something miraculous that happens, I, I, I won't be doing it. I won't be doing it. So, um, everyone else can go crazy for the uh, for the Broncos receivers and 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 skill players. It won't be me. Yeah. Well, I'm just interested to see what Sean Payton does with with the Broncos, just because you know I, I don't know, like you know whipping them into shape, so to speak, because that's just what he does. He's oh, in the, it'll he's be in interesting. The, it'll be interesting. He's in the watch. Parcells. No doubt about he's it. He's in the Parcells mold of. Noted, noted hard ass Sean Payton. Great guy. Great guy. Coach was offensive coordinator for a great team. Listen, I would I would take Sean Payton on the Jets in a heartbeat. He would I would love that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The Jets need a, co- a coach like Sean Payton. Are are we still uh are we still not feeling Rob Sala? Are we still uh are we still in the Jake Simone school of thinking where Rob Sala is the enemy? No, I like I like Rob Sala, but I think the Jets need a hard ass. Okay. In there as a coach. Okay. I think you Jets fans are a little delusional. That's just me. I like the coach. I like Rob Sala. I like what he does. Collective statement. Okay. I'm just okay. I wasn't referring necessarily to you. I was referring necessarily to somebody else. Listen. Let Jake keep his opinions to himself. Did I say Jake? No. I plead the fifth. I can insinuate. I plead the fifth. I have the powers of inference. I know what you're talking about. At the advice of my attorney, I am invoking my Fifth Amendment privilege. Okay. Who are your top 10 running backs? Well, oh my God. I mean, we're, we're just going right into the running backs. We're going to talk about D'Amico Ryans or, or Frank Reich. Fine. We could. We, we Frank show. Reich is an interesting one. That is a very interesting one. Jake actually had mentioned Frank Reich as a possibility for Carolina, and I didn't really believe it. Um, and then the hire happened, and I was shocked. But if they're looking to build a culture there and you're looking for a guy that's going to really build a program, I guess Frank Reich is the guy to to potentially do that. And Well, this is a big, it's a big name hire. I'll be able to get on board with Frank Reich there. If they are drafting a quarterback, if they're still going to stick with Sam or whomever, whomever the fuck. Hey, you know who, you know, who's coming back from injury? Oh, Matt Corral. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> Have me your backup or something, but that has to be a spot for one of Stroud, Young, Levis, Richardson. I would think that, I mean, it just has to be right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if young or Shroud, unless the Panthers trade up. Right. I don't know if they're going to go. No, 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 no. They fall they to that but, point. No, but the, the, the point that I'm making is they are absolutely taking a quarterback. There's just no doubt in my mind. Yeah. They, I mean, they have to, right? Yeah. They, they well, have, they have to, right? <laughs> well, listen, listen, Sam is still young. They have to get DJ Moore a, a consistent fucking quarterback for Christ's sake. Sam, Sam was only twenty or something when he dra- when he was drafted. 
I know that, Adam, but Sam Darnold, you're not, you're not going anywhere. Frank Reich is not going to be a success with Sam Darnold. You never know. He's got a chance with a quarterback that he can mold. Yeah. Adam, they need a quarterback. Please, I know. Carolina, they, don't fuck this up. They do need a quarterback. Don't fuck this up. It's so simple. You hire an offensive coach. You hire... You hire a guy that knows how to create quarterbacks, for Christ's sake. Carolina, please. I know. He it's, led... so, it's, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. It's, it's on a plate. Here you go. Please, quarterback, take me. Like, oh, my God. If if, if they don't, oh, my God. If, 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 if they don't take a quarterback, Adam... <laughs> To just tune in for the post-draft show if they don't take a quarterback. <laughs> I, I, that, that, that Knicks rant, that Knicks rant, that was <laughs> multiplied by about 20. <laughs> like, for Christ's uh, sake. That rant was legendary. It's an old-timer. It, it, it's an old-timer. Very rarely do I do I get to that point. That, was, that was something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to that point in a while. Maybe that will happen <laughs> if the Rangers don't get Patrick Kane. Oh, I hope they don't. What? Get the fuck out of here. Who who, who else? (laughs) Who who else? We need somebody. Old ass Patrick Kane. Who's washed. No. Washed. Get the fuck out of here, Adam. With that. Oh, my God. I should end the Zoom call right now. He is not washed. With that cap hit. No way. Take the Blackhawks to absorb some money. They have endless cap space. You take the Blackhawks to absorb some money, and bam, done. You can only absorb. They can only absorb. They can only retain fifty percent. Yeah. All right. We get Patrick. Get Patrick Kane. We have seven million. Seven million in cap space. We was on a ten million. You got ten million hit. Have him retain. Have him retain four. You still have a million bucks to spend. Boom, done. Pleasure. I don't know if Patrick Kane is. What this team needs. What does the team need, Adam? Please humor me. <laughs> Since we're on the subject. I just I don't know. I'm you don't know what the team needs. Patrick, Patrick Kane is not what the team needs, but you don't know what the team needs. The team needs goal scoring, but not not Patrick Kane. Team Meyer? That's your plan B? Honestly, I mean he would cost a lot of a lot of draft capital. No, 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 not Timo Meyer. No, no. If the Rangers go for Timo Meyer over Patrick Kane, just take what I said about the Carolina Panthers included there. I'd lose my shit. I'd lose my shit. Uh, Tomiko Ryan's good hire by the Texans. Young guy. He'll build a program there. Did a great job with the Niners defense. Um, he needs time though. He needs time, though. I think he'll get it. Yeah. All right. Now, running backs. Yeah. Who are your top ten? Uh, so I have my twelve that I'll that I'll give you. I'll give you two. I'll give you two bonus. I'm such a nice guy. Um, my twelfth running back. This is in full point PPR. My twelfth running back. I have Ramondre Stevenson. My eleventh running back. I have Dalvin Cook. My tenth running back. I have Kenneth Walker. Number nine is Travis Etienne. Number eight is Josh Jacobs. Number seven is Nick Chubb. Six is Joe Mixon. Five is Jonathan Taylor. 
four, Derrick Henry, three, Saquon Barkley. Who am I going to say for one and two? There's only two options. Who is it going to be? Number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. And the number one, I have Austin Eckler. Honestly, that does make a lot of sense. Eckler and Christian McCaffrey, very interchangeable. I think, I mean, you don't root for injuries. You don't predict injuries, but he had one good year of full, of fully healthy football. And honestly, I mean, Austin Eckler and McCaffrey are both injury prone. So it kind of cancels itself out. Well, they cancel each other out, that argument. Sure, but also, I mean, Eckler is also older than McCaffrey. So, yeah, well, also, I mean, but Eckler wasn't, he wasn't, he hasn't been a starter for his entire career. Sure. It, it's been, a, it's been a more reduced work- workload for Eckler than it's been for McCaffrey. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that That's true. That's true. Also, but... did you know that they were drafted in the same year? Yes. Yes, they were. Also, also Eckler is only a year older than, than McCaffrey. Let's be real here. Yeah, but twenty, but having a twenty-seven-year-old running back versus a twenty-six-year-old running back—it's like you're talking about a thirty-five, a thirty-five-year-old and a ninety-five-year-old. Come on. Oh, there's a huge difference, Adam. Okay, there's, there's huge, but NFL standards says a huge difference. Yeah, but Austin Eckler, a thirty-year-old running back is not getting paid. A twenty-nine-year-old running back is getting paid. I know, I, I'm aware, but look at his usage in his rookie year. I mean. You know, only forty-seven carries. I know. That I, year. I, I agree with you. It's not. It's not the same. The, the trend is not you. the same on those tires. I agree with you. I know. I know. I, I know. It's very. It's very You're rare looking to hear. For a debate, so, I'm agreeing. It's it's rare to hear you say I agree with you. So I just wanted you to keep saying it over and over again. Hey, you're right. You're 100 percent right. Eckler Eckler is the safer pick, but again. It's the running back position. Is there really such thing? Like no. we talked, we talked about this during the season. Jonathan Taylor, we came into the year and we said, and, and not just not just us, it was all over the industry, all over the place. No matter what podcast you listen to, no matter where you were, no matter what you were going on, no matter what articles you were reading, blah, 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 blah. Jonathan Taylor was the safest number one pick that we have had in fantasy football in years. That is the what the collective said. Myself included, Adam as well. Yep. Everybody take, said, though. without a doubt. Very cold take. Yeah. So we just have to accept. And we talked about this on the New Year's Resolution show, the What We Learned show. And here we are again, repeating the same fucking thing. You cannot assume a guy is injury prone because they all are all the running backs they all are odds are they are going to miss a significant period of time now significant being a couple weeks you know i'm not talking about odds are that oh i'm gonna miss like six weeks no odds are you're gonna pick up bumps and bruises along the way you're gonna have some scares oh my god is this guy hurt how long is he hurt for is he gonna play you're gonna have all of that, no matter what running back you take, it doesn't matter. But who was the safer guy because of that limited usage that he had early on in his career, like my work husband and good friend Adam Castor just said? It's Eckler. He's right. Work, work husband. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Smooches. No, com- no, co- no comment. No, no comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, did that make you uncomfortable, sweet cheeks? Maybe a little bit. What, <laughs> <laughs> Adam? You can profess your love for me. It's okay. This is Sorry. a safe space. Starting to wish that I went back in time to freshman year of college and saying, you know, that guy in Spanish class that was like really loud. Don't talk to him. <laughs> Who's the loud guy? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, no, I just, no, I don't know. We wouldn't be here today, Adam. No, no, stars we wouldn't. aligned. I guess so. The stars aligned. This is supposed to happen. You call it fate. There's a there, there's a song for that. I'm trying to find it. No, you're thinking of you got to have faith. That's the song. No, you're, no, that's not the one no. I'm thinking of. Do all the faiths? No. <laughs> oh God, don't get me started. That's going down a slippery slope, Adam. Uh, damn it! There's a song I'm looking for. Fuck! I can't. I can't think of it. Forget it. That was a perfect Forget song it. opportunity too. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy, but what? Uh, Graceful. You you know you know you want a music performance. Um, otherwise, I don't really have too many disagreements here on this uh, tier list or on this top ten list, just because it's a lot of uh, it's so malleable, it's so variable. There, oh, a lot's a lot's gonna change. So between... much, so many things are gonna change. Well, not even just like. Like you look at this top 10 list and then, you know, talk to me in 2024 on this day in 2024 and we'll see what the top 10 list is then. Cause I'm oh, sure it's going to be so different. Absolutely. I mean, just come back, come back after we have two days of free agency and this list is going to look completely different. Yep. I mean, yeah, you go like from now to August, even. Um, Really, really, the ranks take shape after the draft. So talk to me in May. Talk to me in May about concrete ranks. Right now, right now, they are very, they are very fluid. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. It's been a blast. It has been a blast. Joy of my life. There's definitely a song for that too. There is. Are you thinking of the song? Oh, what's what is that song from? Is that from? Uh, is that from Dirty Dancing? No, no, they, no, no. Joy of my life is a Chris Stapleton song. Yeah. No, no, not that. I'm thinking of the song that goes, "I had the time of my life." I'm not singing. It's singing is not my strong suit. I had the time of my life. Yeah, that, that one. What is that from? Is that Dirty one? Dancing. It is from Dirty Dancing. I was right. Now, that's a classic film. I know it's and a classic I film. never felt this way before. Never felt this way. And I swear, this is true. Come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. You know the rest of the words. Come on, Adam. Come on. Do I? I don't. Yes, you do. And I'm holding on to you. Yeah. Oh, my God, Adam. What? It's a classic film. I it's a classic film. You don't know the words. That's disgraceful. Oh, come on. Give me a break. That's like that's like not knowing the words to the national anthem. 
I think it's a little different. Just a, just a slight bit different. That's like not knowing the words. So don't stop believing. Okay, that's actually that's pretty apt. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that makes more sense. That song, that song though, does get does give me severe post traumatic stress. Yeah, because of the ending of the Sopranos. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, they play it all the time at MSG for uh, for Ranger games. Nah, nah. Do you have any? Do you have any ends of bar mitzvahs? I've listened to that song. Weddings, weddings. Oh. That too. It's like literally. So you know about. Uh, I'm gonna get real um, high level, but. Have you ever heard of uh, Pavlov's dog? Yes, of course I have. So it's like every time I hear that song, I'm like, okay, cool. Party's over. Every time. It's like an instinctive reaction. That's what you know. I've been conditioned to think, okay, cool. Party's over. Every time I hear, (laughs) every time I hear, uh, don't stop believing, start up. That's how you know. That's how you know. The night's coming to an end. Yep. Which is which is pretty apt as to why they played it at the end of the Sopranos. Yeah. And why, why I decided to make that song absolutely unbearable for the rest of time. Yeah. Don't you can't. Keep going. <laughs> no. <laughs> please. I said, please. What were you going to say? Oh, I have no idea. I was so mesmerized by the fact that you were that you were singing. I wanted to continue. The voice of an angel. You, did, I, did I ever tell you that when in the I, arms of the angel? <laughs> now I feel like I'm an ASPCA commercial. <laughs> did I ever tell you that when uh, I was in elementary school, we had to do chorus in fourth and fifth grade? I lip synced the entire time. Oh, if you were in chorus and you didn't lip sync, you're an idiot. Yeah. I'd take chorus in sixth grade. You think I sang a note? Absolutely not. It is that as at that point I was like, you know what? Say the singing thing is not for me. Oh, I could sing. I sing in the shower. I sing in the shower. That's what's what's the song we're to listen to tonight in the shower. Let's see. I do say I sing when people don't when people aren't around. What am I gonna sing in the shower tonight? Um oh, I'm not gonna sing anything in the shower tonight, but I am gonna I am gonna listen to the new uh the new Morgan Morin Wallen album. So I want to see uh, the new the new tracks that are out that are out of that ish. Yeah. Just this morning I was singing uh God Only Knows by the Beach Boys while getting ready. That's for a work. great song, Adam. Yeah. Although I God only know it's actually been my been my ish lately. Been my ish. The Beach Boys? Well, it's 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 the same, it's the same era. It's this it's the same era. It's it, it's our it's our parents' era. Kind of. Uh, um I actually was listening. I was listening to it in the other in the other day in the car in the car with my uh, my mother, and uh, she was a little offended, a little offended that I had that I had it on, uh, just because it made her feel old. Um, California Dreaming by the Mamas and the Papas. Oh my god, yeah, it's a great song. That's a great song. It is a great, great, great song. Uh, and then what I've also been um, listening my to. Da- my dad's more of a Jimi Hendrix guy, but still. I- <laughs> I mean, why am I not surprised that your father's a man of culture? I, mean, I, I know. Already established this. Your father is just, is just a man that is near and dear to my heart. I love, uh, I, I love your father. <laughs> Every time I was at a Mercedes commercial or an Acura commercial with Voodoo, with a Voodoo Child, I love oh, it. 
Forget it. Such a great, such a great song. We are vibing and jiving. We are moving and grooving, baby. Yes. You, you, oh, I gotta stand up. You, you see these hips? You see these hip moving, Adam? Oh my God. Actually, no, I can't because the camera cuts it off. There oh. we go. There we go. See, you got, you got a treat. You asked for it. <laughs> I should have just lied. You should have. Why didn't I? You should have. Why didn't I lie? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't explain why you are the way that you are, but don't change for a second there, Sweet Cheeks. Okay, well, this has been interesting. We should go to bed. What an end. Thanks for, what an end to the show. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever your podcasts. Please come back and listen <laughs> to the next one. <laughs> Please come back. <laughs> For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. Please come back. <laughs> Bye. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Look. Come back, please. All right. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>